So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha and okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 7 of Love After Lockup. This week, Deontay does a lot of spying on Nicole, Lisa and Stan have an encounter with the law, Brittany makes Ray breakfast, Courtney goes wedding dress shopping and bitches about Josh, and Anessa and Jeff finally have a sexual encounter. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day NK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are you doing? I am doing well. We are in our, well, I am in my week between vacations, so our audio will be okay this week. Yeah, um, I am also comfortably at home, so we should be pretty good. I have two weeks before I leave again. <laughs> again, oh, summer of travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as you can, right? Yeah. While it still lasts. Oh, uh, while we still can. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, you know, um, thankfully, I happen to live in a place that I don't have to wear I'm not in that substantial spread or whatever. So, yay, Delta variant. It's going to be the <laughs> Delta fall. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not looking so good for where we are. But um, something else that's not looking so good is Courtney and Josh. So, Courtney goes wedding dress shopping with her friend Audra, even though she admits things have been rocky with her and Josh. Courtney tells Audra that things have been different and kind of frustrating because Josh has been too engaged with his video games and doesn't do anything else. He also isn't very affectionate with Courtney, and he has turned down sex several times because he says he is too tired, which is taking a toll on Courtney. They also got in a fight where Josh flushed his wedding ring down the toilet. Audra worries that they will make it because... uh, They won't make it because it's like, you know, when they fight, it's like a tornado meets a volcano. During the commercial break, Courtney tells us about her investigations of other officers uh, by double-checking prison cells for contraband. She used to find a lot of stuff because officers would get lazy, and she was told by her superior that she was making too many people look bad. So we didn't really see Josh at all. Nope. We just heard from Courtney's side of the story, and it's kind of disappointing. We had all these high hopes for Josh. We said he looked really appreciative. He mm-hmm. seemed really eager to get into his uh, routine and into a job. He talked about possible uh, career paths for him, including landscaping, but he seemed real eager to contribute to, uh, you know, the workforce And then all of a sudden, Josh, he's all lazy and so lazy that he doesn't even want to have sex anymore. So why do you think Josh isn't wanting more sexy time with Courtney? Um, I mean, I think it's a couple of things. What first is it's um, definitely one of those things as there's nothing that because she says he's he said to her that he was too tired and there's nothing that makes you more tired than laying around on your ass all day. Like you lay around on your ass all day, especially for like weeks at a time, you are just exhausted. And it's just one of those Mm -hmm. things that's counterintuitive. When I get up and I go to work every day, I have way more energy (laughs) than if I'm like, oh, great. I have a week off. And I sit around and I'm like, I don't want to get up and make a hot dog. That's too much work. (laughs) Right. And so it seems like too much work. But the other thing just goes sometimes, I don't know, sometimes people's libidos are just not matched up. And especially when it's somebody who has spent, you know, the amount of time he has isolated, but not even really Mm -hmm. isolated, isolated from sex, basically, Um, but also constantly around people from sex. I can see how that that experience really would take a toll on your libido. And it doesn't just ramp back up if it was even that high before. Like we don't know. In my experience, just a lot of people have a lot of different definitions on what the appropriate amount of sex is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're always often uh, honest with themselves either. Yes. Um, but uh, I I just think based on what Courtney has described, Josh sounds depressed. He does, and sure. Yeah, because it's like if you don't want to do anything, you had all these 
uh, you know, ideas of I want to go out and, you know, do landscaping or at least like do some kind of manual labor. That's something that I can do. And you've done nothing but sit in front of the television, um, either watching TV or playing video games, and you're just tired all the time. Those are all the signs of depression. So it just sounds like he's so depressed. So lower sex drive, also a sign yeah. of depression. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so it's like, well, maybe we should look into like dealing with that situation. Um, and then also I felt like we needed a little bit more context, which is, you know, if we could have heard, you know, Josh's side, because the other thing is, is, is this happening after the two weeks? Because from what I remember, they said that they were quarantining together for two weeks. And then after that, Josh had to go to halfway house or somewhere else because he couldn't stay with Courtney because the whole thing was, you know, she's um, now technically uh, on parole herself, right? Because or probation. She's on probation herself. And you can't stay with somebody who's on probation. But I mean, it, I don't know, because it was it was the two weeks with her. They were quote unquote. I it wasn't I wasn't clear on that either. Like, you know, we've all been through COVID enough that we kind of know what quarantining is. I don't know how staying in a house with one person and then leaving that person's house to go somewhere else with a bunch of different people. Yeah. How that counts as quarantining. I don't know how that works. I guess they're thinking that, you know, like you're not infecting the other people in the halfway house. I guess. And it's better you're one person than all the other people. Um, but I I just I can see Courtney's frustration if she sees this as, OK, we have two weeks to be together. Let's get all the sex in, in as we yeah. can in the two weeks. Totally. Because yeah. who knows when we'll have that opportunity again. You know, right, and yeah, he's like yeah. turning it down every night. You know, I would also think like something wasn't right. Yeah, what was up? What was supposed to be? This was our, yeah, this was our fortnight of banging. We were just supposed to be going at yeah. it constantly. And it's like, I'm, I'm like begging and like, and then of course, not only that, but I mean, if you have to like beg and plead and please come, let's have, it's not going to be good sex. Like, so you're having yeah. like this half-assed sex that you have like, you know, twice a week or whatever one. <laughs> during your time when you thought it was going to be, let's go. Because that's what I mean too. I think, feel like there's a lot of guys who are like, oh, I would have sex every day until they match up with a girl who wants to have sex every day. And they're like, actually, no, this is, this is too much. Let's stop this now. Right. I think there's two things going on. And one of them is she even says it, it takes a toll on you mentally to be rejected constantly. Totally. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it like makes you feel like that person isn't into you. It can make you feel like less attractive. Um, you know, it makes you feel like, well, is there something wrong with me? Like, and especially because, you know, uh, from a cultural standpoint, we're kind of like told that men are ready to go whenever. They just want it, yeah, the men just want all it all the time. the time. Men want men it 100% want it of the time. the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if your man doesn't want it, it's like, well, there's got to be something wrong with me because if it were anybody else, he'd be like jumping on that because he's a man and a man yeah. must want sex all the time. Right. So I can definitely see how like it's mentally taking a toll on her. But also I think, and you know, this is men and women uh, you know, but not all men and women, but, you know, it's across genders, kind of see sex as kind of like a gauge of the health of their relationship, oh, absolutely. you know? absolutely. And so if you're not having sex, you know, it's kind of like a red flag, like, whoops, okay, so our relationship isn't doing so well right now because, you know, we're not even okay to, like, you know, be intimate, then, you know, there goes the intimacy for our relationship and things, something's wrong. So I can definitely see how this is like making Courtney nervous about Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. their relationship is. Right. And it totally works the other way too. Um, And we Mm kind of see that sometimes in some of these things where it's like, well, as long as we're having like regular sex and the sex life is good, then the relationship must also be good. And it's like, that doesn't (laughs) always, that doesn't always translate. Right. And you're you're totally right right, though, but it's, yeah, and I but I could totally see her just that same thing you just said, like feeling just completely rejected because it's supposed to be no. There's a certain level of attractiveness, and if you're over this level of attractiveness, right, your guy will just want it, just be on over you all the time, and to not get that and yeah. to actually be asking for it and be rejected is is rough, especially when you were under the assumption that they were like, man, they've just been locked up for years. They're gonna be, they got it all pent up inside. They're ready to go, you know. 
Right. Yeah. And especially if they have limited time. Um, I also want to know more about this toilet ring situation. Okay. That sounded like it happened while he was still in prison. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. So uh, so they got in a fight because – and they had mentioned that because it's the same thing we had with uh, – what was it? Mama Jean or whatever last night? Mama, last yeah, week. Rose or Mama something. Rose. Mama Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, it just – it feels like – I don't know that this is his first battle with depression. Like he sure. seems to have suffered some 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 depression in prison too. And, and one of the ways he kind of displays that is to, is to lash out at people and to act out at people yeah. and do things. And so it sounded like from what Courtney was saying that before he was out of prison, they were fighting a lot and having these big blow up fights. And one of the ones – in one of those fights, he flushed it down the toilet in the prison, which means you're not getting that one back. Like if it's in your home toilet, like it might get caught in the trap right. or something. You might try to get it back. But the prison toilet, it, it's it's gone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it de- it just seems like he might be in his feelings quite a bit and like yes. kind of emo. And I mean, but at the same time, like Courtney has to understand like that's what attracted to her, attracted her to him in the first place. Wasn't it that she read his journal and was just oh, like yeah. so taken by his emotional thoughts that she was just like, there is something just so great about this person, like mm-hmm. how he could be so insightful and, you know, his words speak to my soul. And so it's like, but you know, he's emo. So <laughs> right. there's a, there's, it comes with the package of it. He's a sensitive guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And that's, that was what she liked in the first place, but he hasn't really had the tools to really deal with those <laughs> emotions as much as he can. I mean, it is sad. To, he just – it does seem like he just needs to see a therapist like really bad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of other people who are you know, confused and disappointed by the lack of sex drive, let's go to Brittany. <laughs> so uh, Brittany is kind of waiting in the parking lot outside the halfway house for Ray's release but is still confused about why Grandma Sue just showed up there. Brittany doesn't know – if she got invited, if Ray's going home with Grandma Sue, she doesn't have any idea what's going on. So she talks to Grandma Sue, and it also turns out that Ray doesn't know she's coming either. She's just like, it's my grandson. I'm going to show up when I want to show up, and you can't stop me. Um, she doesn't need an invitation, but also in an interview tells us it's also because she didn't trust Brittany. And I think she kind of wanted to be there just in case Brittany didn't show. So anyway, Ray gets out, gives them both a hug, and gets in the car, of course, with Brittany. Then they go to Brittany's house, and he gets the grand tour, and it says that he, you know, acknowledges it looks much more comfortable than prison. Brittany is very confused why he's not like, I guess, groping her the whole time they're in the house, <laughs> is what she, the way she basically put it. But then we hear from Ray that he's, you know, he's kind of nervous about things since it's been a long time since he's been with a woman. But, you know, they have some breakfast. And after breakfast, uh, he wants to move things, including a bowl of strawberries, into the bedroom. So he's probably a lot more comfortable now. <laughs> You know, <laughs> after he's eaten, now he's after comfortable. Yeah, yeah, full stomach. Now we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, all right. So we had like a real short segment we have with them. Um, so how do you think? I mean, do you think there's going to be any issues with Grandma Sue here getting in the way? I OK. I was confused by Grandma Sue saying, you know, if I need to, there's going to be an intervention. It's like, what exactly does that mean? Like, right. So you're going to roll up on there and, you know, phys- get physical with Brittany? Like, I hope she doesn't get physical with Brittany because Brittany – Brittany's gigantic compared <laughs> yeah. to her. Oh, my gosh. I noticed that too. Like when they were hugging, yeah. it's like Brittany Grandma Sue like is just – Yeah, she is like – she's just got a small frame. Yeah. And it's like – Then when I kind of saw them, it's like Brittany is – I mean, she's a good head taller than Grandma Sue, but it's like – but she is just so much larger than Grandma Sue. I was just like, oh, my gosh. She could crush her. She would crush her. Yeah. So I don't know what she's imagining on on that. I just – it just seems that Grandma Sue doesn't trust Brittany and so she doesn't believe anything she says. So, I mean, I kind of like my theory that I threw in there in the – Summary that she's literally just there because she's like, I think it's 50-50 Brittany shows up to pick him up. Hmm. And like he should have somebody there if she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, why do you think that Ray was so hesitant? I mean, he just – there was something kind of sweet about how he wasn't just like – in there, like entitled, like this is mine. This sure. house is mine. This sure. woman is mine. Right. He well, that's nice. Very 
Yeah. He didn't. He, he didn't. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's it's hard to gauge what 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 people want, right? And mm-hmm. since she wasn't being overtly like on him, he was like, "Well, I don't know if this is something we're like doing yet. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable she's going to be with it." And you know, my MO is definitely if I'm not sure, like I'm going to shade toward the less creepy version of where I'm not <laughs> doing anything that they don't want. Yeah. Right. He's not trying to mess up his uh, like uh, parole house situation right. here. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. There's a lot of things going on here. This is an unusual situation. I don't need to go ahead and complex, com- complicate it by immediately be like, I'm going to start humping your leg right right here. Let's go. Like, chill out, man, which yeah. is the right move. Make me breakfast, woman. Like, right, I love this house. Because she was like, she was like, I'm a little surprised he's not all over me. But like, it mm. wasn't like she was all over him. It wasn't like she was yeah. making the moves either. And I, I totally see it was like, listen, I'm in this lady's house. Who's going to try to keep me? Um, I, it, you kind of want to let her yeah, take the lead Feel a out bit. the situation. Sure. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, talking about feeling out the situation. Let's talk about Anessa and Jeff. So Anessa finally gets to pick up Jeff from the house, halfway house after his two and a half week stay. This time, Jeff is actually there to greet her, unlike the other times he was supposed to be released and she was supposed to pick him up. They get in the car and Anessa immediately starts talking about wedding planning and flowers. Jeff just kind of says, yep, uh-huh. everything. But <laughs> then he drops the bomb that they have to write a letter to his uh, parole officer because their wedding has to be approved, which disappoints Anessa. They get home, and Jeff is very impressed by Nessa's home. Nessa immediately takes Jeff to the bedroom for a sexual encounter. Jeff says it's been 37 months since he's been with a woman. So if you're doing the math, they've been together for 11 years. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff claims he's had five girlfriends since he's been in prison, and he still talks to them. But Nessa doesn't need to know about any of that. While in bed, Jeff is pointing out all of the women he had names tattooed to his body and tells Anessa that he'll get them all covered up and he's going to get her name tattooed to him. While he's outside waiting to get served breakfast, he gets a text from Christine. He claims the first woman he's ever loved. And Anessa once again doesn't need to know about. Kyle, Anessa's friend slash neighbor, pops over to join them for breakfast, and Anessa goes back in the house to get uh, him food, so Kyle has some private time to talk with Jeff. Kyle tells Jeff that he was incarcerated once, too, so he knows how it is. He asks where Jeff had gone all those other times he was supposed to meet up with Anessa, and Jeff says that he was on the streets trying to score some drugs. This time's different, though, because he has for real feelings for Anessa. Jeff then decides to tell Kyle a secret that he's been keeping from Anessa. And then it's cut off. So apparently next time. Next time. We'll hear the next secret. time we're supposed to find out if Kyle can keep that secret or I mean, he leaves test, it up. Right. That's yeah. the test. Yeah. Or leaves it up to Jeff to actually tell her himself. Mm-hmm. So are there any theories on what Jeff's big secret is? Because I'll kind of throw it out there that I doubt it has anything to do with the other ladies. Because why would he tell Kyle that that's like pointless? Nope. I don't think yeah, that's no. a secret he he's telling he's, Anessa even. Even even he's not that dumb. Like right. I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna tell Kyle here like the things. I mean, I think it's gonna be something like, oh, I was thinking about proposing to her. I'm gonna get her this ring or something like that. Oh. Like something that's gonna be like a a good surprise that Kyle can actually help with and not like something that I was like, here's something that I don't want you to tell her. Like, So the one kind of wrinkle to that theory is that uh, we in the preview, we get a clip of Kyle saying, well, if Jeff doesn't tell her, I will. And that kind of seems like, well, you're going to really ruin an engagement. (laughs) That's fair because my recording cut off the previews. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, oh, I don't know. No, that could be him just finding out, not the secret, but him finding out about, like, say, Christine or something like that. But, I mean, I don't – I will never understand what Anessa, like, sees him as dude at all, no, ever. he seems so goofy. He's so goofy. And He's shady. Goofy looking, so shady. So shady. I mean, just just the part where we're, like, laying it. But could you imagine, like, having sex with the guy the first time? And you're in the bed together, you know, doing your your pillow talk or whatever. And the pillow talk is about like, well, these are all the other women that are tattooed on my body. <laughs> it's like, oh you my know. gosh. This Why? Is bad. Okay. I feel 
like that is, you know, a lesson that was not learned, right? Most people yeah. would learn their lesson after you get one name tattooed and you realize, oh, it didn't work out. You get the next whatever partner. You would probably seriously rethink like, okay, should I get this partner also tattooed? Because the first one didn't work out. Now I got to worry about either covering that up or trying to get it removed. And it's like, at what... Tattoo number what is the one where you learn your lesson not know, to tattoo right? names I to your body? Think, I mean, mo- most people, I think, would learn their, their lesson at number after number one. I after, think. Definitely Maybe after two, number two. two, right? Yeah. After number two, you'd be like, wow, this is twice that happened. Because I feel like after number three, you start getting it, you start getting the tattoo already with the cover-up plan in mind. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Let me do it like this inside of the, the shape, and that way I can just fill in the shape. If that goes back. You know? I would also, uh, if that were me, I would also be playing statistically the odds, right? How common is your name? I will get your name tattooed to me if it's pretty common because uh, the likelihood of that name reappearing is much more likely than if I get like some name like Anessa. How many Anessas do you you know. Okay, but say you get Jennifer, right? Yes. And again, we're imagining you're with this person and they're like, listen, I already have your name tattooed on my chest. I don't need to get your name oh tattooed my on my chest. It's they already actually there. have like, very good makeup these days that <laughs> does a really good job of covering tattoos. Sure. So it's kind of like, I would just cover that shit up until it's like, then the big reveal. <laughs> Yay! Your name's there. <laughs> Look, baby, I got your name. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as the guy that um, is going to no. go into the makeup aisle, given that he's never gone to the dentist or anything to get oh, his Oh, no, teeth I don't fixed. even think that stuff you can buy in the store. I think that's stuff you have to buy online. Oh, maybe. You think like yeah. only the only the Hollywood people have access to it regularly. Maybe. You have to go buy yeah. it. Yeah, it seems specialty. It's okay, not something so you're going to find at your local pharmacy. Does Kyle live on their pr- – okay, so whose property is it? That, that's where I was confused. Because Kyle well, and her share the are on the same property. Yes. So I imagine because I feel like this is kind of a southern thing I've seen, like, and they're in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Where people just have these large acreages of land, and so they'll just throw like a mobile home or something. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. It looked to it. me like Anessa was in the double wide, and I've definitely, yes. see, I've definitely, you know, been in the South enough that yeah, you get that. Big plot of land, and there's a house, yeah. and then you just throw a double wide on it somewhere else. Sure. So usually, sure. then it's the then it's the person who had the house. Usually, it's their land. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, I don't know because Kyle, he we know he's married, so mm-hmm. it's possible that he has kids. Mm-hmm. So it seems like maybe that's his land because I mean, you know it just, it's like it just he seems needs to housing me, for all that. F- it just seems people. to me Jeff's biggest concern about Kyle is like our biggest concern about Kyle. Like, how are these people friends? Where did they meet? How did this happen? It is very odd. Yeah. (laughs) It is weird. Yeah. I I don't know if we'll find out anytime soon, but it was interesting to me that Kyle ended up being also a former convict. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of of something like, yeah, I was like, I was not expecting that. Uh, For the most part, I'm not suspicious of Kyle at all. I don't think he has any like romantic feelings for Anessa. Oh, I don't either. No. You know, it just it seems like he's genuinely concerned because he's coming from a place of, hey, look, I was on the inside. Like, I know how these guys operate. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking out for you, especially because this is not your first rodeo. And clearly you're not learning your lesson. Right, right. I've been there once. And like, yeah, like, but I I don't know. I think it, maybe he's just like, you know, like it almost seems like that. Like he's the he's the landlord. She rented a place on his property. Like that was mm-hmm. what came first. And then he was like, "Oh man, that poor old lady. I gotta watch out for her." Like, yeah, you know, she's kind of a hot mess, right? Because the last question: Why is Jeff counting his days without sex, time without sex, like a mother of a newborn? It's been thirty-seven months. <laughs> uh, the only thing I can think of is that that. That was his sentence. Very much a- <laughs> coincides with how long he was in prison, right? So if he knows he's been – he was in prison for 36 months, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of like – and it's, he's been a month out now. He can say – Right. Oh, I just feel like a normal a, a normal person would say it's been just over three years. Like right. instead of counting the months, like – you know how the birds – oh, she's 29 months old. And I'm like, all right, I have to go back and do the math on how old yeah, is 29 right. months again. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, who knows? I I definitely think it coincides with his uh his time that he was in prison. That's the though. only way he knows how to keep he, his entire adult life. He's just been keeping keeping time, keeping calendar time based on my last prison sentence. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's go to Stan and Lisa who uh. are counting time. I know you I, I'm interesting to hear about this one from you. Okay, so yeah. we pick up where we left off from the restaurant last week, where Stan was trying to get Lisa someplace, like as his place, for a little more private time so they can, quote, talk. But Lisa's not as dumb as some of the other cast members, so she mm-hmm. knows it's not really about talking, but it's about sex. Yep. She agrees to go, but won't promise she'll stay or do anything more than talk. In an interview, she says it doesn't mean anything, and she has some demands that she needs to be met before he gets what he wants. In the ride of a car to his place, she comes up with a new plan. What she wants from him now is she wants him to pay for a place of her own for, I don't know, like six months or so, and also he should get her a car. He doesn't want to buy her a car because she doesn't even have a driver's license, but does end up sarcastically saying that, all right, I'll give you $5,000 so you can go break the law and go back to jail. But while they're arguing over that, things take a little bit of a turn because Stan gets pulled over. Once they get pulled over, Lisa starts to get very nervous because she's never been pulled over before and not have it end up with her going to jail. She thinks that this time they're going to ask for her ID and run it and see she has all these priors and then they're going to tear the Mustang apart looking for drugs. But it turns out what happened was that Stan had rolled through a stop sign and he gives the cop eventually all the things that he needs and we just kind of sit there and do the nervous waiting. Lisa is starting to get frustrating that Stan is more worried about his clean driving record than about how anxious she is over this situation. And at this point, Stan tries to turn it into a teachable moment. You see how easy it would be for you to get pulled over without a license? Uh. Anyway, he gets out of the whole situation with a warning and he chalks that up too because he, you know, his record was spotless. See, not like you. I had a clean record and that's why I got away. Uh, Anyway. Fuck you, dude. But after all the cop stuff. He's ready to get home for some fun time. He tries to get – they walk in the door and he immediately starts to try to cuddle her. I'm quoting cuddle. I'm by finger quotes, scare quotes around cuddling again. But when (laughs) – but then Lisa is not into it and he tells her to go. And then they both make some hurtful digs at each other. She calls him a crazy-ass motherfucker and he's like, well, at least I have a car. Then he throws all of her things out on the porch and Lisa doesn't want to stick around because they've been kind of loud and she's afraid the cops will come. So she walks off while she says she asked, he says that she asked for way too much and he has never asked for anything. Okay. So why doesn't this guy just get a hooker? Uh, I think he has. <laughs> <laughs> like this seems like a lot of effort for just like having a, you know, a one night hooker instead of this long term thing. <laughs> Well, because I don't think he wants to be the guy who has a hooker, right? Because I think that, like, applies to a lot of um, these, like, seeking arrangement types, right? Sure. It's like just having a sugar baby, right? The idea of having a girlfriend is better than, hey, I'm explicitly paying for company, right? Because mm-hmm. then it kind of is like, oh, well, you're so undesirable that – you know, these people are only around because you're basically paying for sex. And I definitely think uh-huh. there is a stigma behind, like, paying for sex. Like, guys are just like, oh, I would never pay for sex. I don't have to pay for sex. I, I don't can have get to it, pay for sex. Right? I can get it however I want, you know. You only pay for sex if you can't get it. Yeah, right. Right. And so I think, like, this is kind of maybe a <sighs> – one off from that where it's like almost like your delusional self could convince yourself that a sugar baby basically isn't like a one night prostitute situation. It's more <laughs> right. like a, uh, you know, like a relationship prostitution situation because it's like it's a transactional relationship at the end of the day. Right. Right. And, you know, you are paying for it in a very more indirect way. But then I know people rationalize it. Well, they would say, well, maybe a relationship is like, you know, prostitution then too. Because some dudes just pay for everything for their partner and blah, 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 blah. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are people who try to squint hard enough to make every sexual encounter prostitution. Right, sure, sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I do think it's like one off from that. But 
You know what? I have to say that Lisa uh, is just like kudos to her. <laughs> like this is the best, you know, it's like I get so frustrated when you see, you know, someone with bad behavior like Stan and mm-hmm. the other person just kind of going along with it. Or, you know, because it could have been very easy for Lisa to kind of go along with it to get what she wanted out of it. And she's kind of like, no, you're not going to treat me like this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, good for you. You are not letting him walk all over you, try to get what he wants. Right. Because I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, she's also smart enough to once he gets what he wants, there's no guarantee that it's going to be any different. Because you know what he's going to want next is the same thing again. And you're back in the same situation. Right. It's yeah. not like you're going to be like, well, I'll have sex with him as one time and that'll that'll keep him satisfied. No, he's just going to he's always going to be like this. He's always going to want more and more and more. And like and as soon as you're in his mind, not keeping up your end of the bargain, like then you're not doing. But he's also delusional himself because he keeps mm-hmm. saying, I asked for nothing. And it's like everybody who's looking at this, everybody who sees it knows exactly what he's asking for. And it's yeah. not nothing. Right. But the thing is, is that he doesn't explicitly say it. Right. Yes. He talks around it in circles like, I just want to cuddle. I just want to talk. It's like, we all know you don't actually want to talk. <laughs> yes. You know, well, not about, you know, the issues that you claim to be wanting to talk about. It's like, so he just talks in circles about it. He never at any point says, let's go back so we can like bang it out. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and like have sex. It's like, you know, because then it would be him asking for something. But that that's what it means if you just read between the uh, lines. Yeah. I, so I get so frustrated. I mean, it, and it comes up not just in this situation. So frustrated when the people – I have this argument with people all the time. And usually – and it's crazy. Usually it's about things like racism where I'll have people mm-hmm. say super racist things and I'll be like, hey, that's racist. And they're like, I never said anything about black people. You're the one who's racist. And I'm like, well, no, I knew what you were talking about. Like, I read between the lines. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it's the same kind of thing. Well, I didn't say that all those bad things were, were were about race. You're the one who brought race into it. Like, so her, when she says, I don't want to have sex, it's kind of like, well, you're the one who brought sex up. And it's like, right. I don't think she did. I, that was no. pretty implicitly you. Like, Yeah, there was definitely context there. Yeah, so I appreciated that Lisa was um, putting up boundaries. And also, though, I could kind of see where Stan is coming from. Just the tiniest bit when he said that she seems to be demanding a lot of stuff. And it's like, yeah, she was demanding a lot of stuff. But you know why? Because you acted like an asshole and she felt like she deserved it. Yes. Yeah, it was definitely a secondary thing. I think if he would have been better about when she was calling her son and better before Mm -hmm. and more understanding she wouldn't have been demanding this stuff but now she's like you were an asshole i don't feel like living in a house with you and that's your fault so buy me a house (laughs) right yeah yeah exactly so it's like it's because stan has the inability to see how he did her wrong really yeah stan has no ability to see how he was wrong in any situation at all ever right which is the reason why he can't understand where her behavior is coming from and so he just sees it as well she's just a demanding person and like why would i want to be a partner with someone who's demanding all this stuff from me it's like "Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. but you have to think about this is a reaction to what you did right like even when he did acknowledge one time that he was wrong right he blamed it on alcohol and being tired and Mm -hmm. actually really his solution to that wasn't ow wow the thing i said was very wrong and hurtful and it was bad it was like oh that one got me in trouble i should just kept my mouth shut he still believes everything he said sure like yeah. He, he wasn't backing off the content of what he said. He was backing off the fact he's like, oh, if I didn't have as much to drink, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have I wouldn't have blurted it out. Right. Lisa is not wrong when she calls him a deranged lunatic because <laughs> the how fast he flipped on her when mm-hmm. they got to the house and he was just he was trying to get her upstairs. And as soon as she's like, whoa, what? what? Like, you know, and then he just flipped on her and it was like he had her stuff ready to throw out. Yeah, like, they couldn't even they couldn't done. even get the cameras inside the house before he mm-hmm. was flipped. Like we kind of didn't even see what was happening because like they couldn't get set up before it was just like, nope, it was supposed to be worked in the house and we walked right upstairs and you didn't want to come upstairs with me then. Yep, What's the I'm matter done. with you? You're done. Yeah, get out. Yeah. I don't need to see you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Stan is not my favorite. Uh-huh. 
All right. Uh, speaking of my unfavorites, we got Nicole of Deontay and Nicole. So Deontay and Nicole are hosting Deontay's mom for dinner. Nicole thinks that this is a good compromise for advancing their relationship since she still refuses to sleep in, even in the same bed with him. Mm-hmm. She isn't looking forward no. to this dinner, even though Deontay insists that they get along since they are the, both the most important women in his life. Nicole thinks this is the perfect time to bring up the cost of a boob job, which she thinks is a steal at $6,000 since she thought it would be $8,000. Deontay is shocked at the price, but in the end, he says he would skip paying rent if it meant he could finally have sex. I mean, keep her happy and pay for the boob job. Before dinner, Nicole calls Tia because it's her birthday. And if you recall, Tia's her ex from prison. And Deontay doesn't think he should have to give her any kind of privacy because Nicole's in his house on the phone he paid for. Nicole asks Tia to come get her as she stumbles across Nicole Jr., the sex toy, which upsets her and creeps her out. And she starts to rant to Tia about it. Deontay overhears everything and storms into the room, demanding uh, demanding to know what she's saying. And Nicole asks him why he still has the sex toy. But Deontay demands to know why she asked Tia to come get her. Nicole says it's because she found the sex doll. Deontay tells her to give him back his stuff and get out of there. Nicole doesn't want to argue with him, so she tries to defuse the situation. They both get some beers and try to calm down before Deontay's mom gets there. Nika, Deontay's mom, arrives and she calls out Deontay for having a blonde stripper type to us. Nicole tries to assure Nika that she loves Deontay and tries to suck up by saying that Nika raised a good man. Nicole tells her that she is tired of the comparisons between her and Chelsea, the ex-prison bay uh, Deontay had before her. And she's clearly different because even though she's asked for money, it hasn't been for the crazy ass things Chelsea was asking for. Deontay brings up one more comparison between Chelsea and Nicole, and that's that they both have not physically wanted to be close. Hmm. Mika calls out Nicole and says that women love sex and thinks that, you know, Nicole just doesn't want to have sex with Deontay. Nicole tells us that all the little sex comments Deontay makes makes her feel uncomfortable, which is also why she's hesitant to get more intimate with him. Delusional Deontay thinks that Nika likes Nicole and that the dinner went well. He drives uh, Nicole home and wants to walk her to the door, but Nicole tells him that she doesn't want to wake up the dog, so she tells him just to leave. She sits on the porch, which Deontay finds incredibly suspicious, so he circles back and spies on her. A car pulls up, and Nicole walks up to it, and then Deontay rolls out out of nowhere and asks her what she's doing. All right, so kind of a lot happened there. Yeah, a lot, a lot happened. Yeah, but let's start off uh, with the easy stuff. How much is an appropriate ratio of cheese to salad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Even, I, I, I think I missed this completely. How much cheese is on the salad? Oh my gosh! She was like, it was like the top, there was like a layer of cheese. Like Nicole was just taking handfuls of shredded cheese, and she, she just the like entire plopped two cup it bag, on the top. Unlike- couldn't even tell it was a salad. It was just like, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sure. I feel like you get for a for a, a regular size bowl of salad, you get like one medium handful of cheese. Yeah, like, yeah. This was definitely depending on the more. cheese. This was definitely. This sounds like she put the whole two cup shredded cheese bag. Just oh my gosh! But, well, between the three salads, yes, there was like an insane amount of uh, cheese. And I mean, uh, I don't know. I when I was a kid, I liked cheese a lot more on salads. So you mm-hmm. know. But I mean, I don't know. What's the point of having a salad? It's mostly like lettuce with cheese, right? I mean, I actually or cheese. I with prefer lettuce. the salads. I like my salads to have other things in them. Like I want obviously lettuce as a base, but I hate the salads that are like all lettuce. Like that that does try and drive me nuts. Like what am I yeah. paying for? But I mean, right. I feel like at this point, maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because I have a little bit more money. Like if I'm putting cheese on a salad, like ninety percent of the time, it's going to be feta. <laughs> yeah, this was just like your this was like regular your craft cheddar. shredded chedder, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I get it. It's just a vehicle. Like people – I mean that's like people use salads as either a vehicle for cheese or a vehicle for ranch dressing. 
Oh, yeah. I, yes, that's definitely what was happening here. Uh, she was incredibly dressed up for this dinner. So huh. I'm not surprised that Nika comes out saying, oh, yep, blonde oh. stripper type. Oh, my God. The pictures of the ex, though. Like, they it was were, like, yeah. Like, I, I, I looked away. I was actually watching it with somebody and they were like, wait, that was a different person? And I'm like, okay, I don't rewind like, and be like, uh, that was a different person. The, you know, how's the saying going? It's like night and later that night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. Like, and, and, oh man, I just, it was, I thought it was hilarious how the mom had zero chill, right? Oh yeah. She was and not- Deontay thought it was like, like, mom liked you. It's like, what dinner were you <laughs> at? <laughs> did you listen to? Right. Because it was, it was, it's one of those things that was like, oh my God, if my, if I had a. Um, if I had to deal with that, would just be horrifying. If I had a mother-in-law, you know, meeting my girlfriend's mother or whatever, and it was like that, I'd be like, "Oh wow, that would that would be very rough." But I feel like she had it coming. Like she's not wrong about anything. Like she's so oh, obviously no. scamming this guy that it's just like she has to do that. I don't know how else she could have re- reacted. Like take it easy, okay. be like, "Oh, right. what do you do?" Like, okay, Deontay, like. Pick a lane, dude, right? He was like, oh, yeah, like, you can't talk to Nicole. If you don't accept her, then you don't accept me, right? He Uh says that, right? Like, this is the woman I love. She's going to be my wife. She's going to be the mother of my children. Makes this huge speech to his mom. Right. Two seconds later, she won't even sleep in the same room with me. What's up with that? It's like, oh, my gosh, Deontay, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, because, I mean, we would say that all you want to your mom. Her opinion is... None of what you say matters because she's going to be gone in a couple months. So it doesn't right, matter. Right. Right. But two, like that was the part you said she won't even sleep in the same bed with him. And if you're not going to sleep with this guy in particular, I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is true for all guys, probably not most guys. If you're not going to sleep with this guy in particular, then you do not want to sleep in the same bed with him because you are getting a boner on your leg if you sleep in a, le- if you sleep in a bed with oh, this guy. Oh, God. Like, I know, right? It is 100% going to happen. He's going to roll well, over and try to make things happen. Like, and you're like, yeah. Ugh. Okay, and if things don't happen, then she gets to be in the same bed as him and Nicole Jr. are, like, going at it. Yep, totally. Do you want that, too? Because she was disgusted by Nicole Jr. And that was weird to me because he definitely framed it like she knew all about it and was kind of on board with it. (sighs) No, my impression was that she knew all about it and she was like, that's gross. Throw that in the Yeah. And then well, yes, he didn't. after this, but I mean, like no, when I, he first introduced Nicole Jr. Oh yeah, but I, but no, I feel like when he first introduced Nicole Jr. because I think she said something on the table on, on the either in the phone conversation or when they were arguing, like I told you to throw this away. Yes, yes. And so I don't know if it was like after she got home or whatever, and just like I don't know, I feel like that's definitely something that I don't know. Relationships are you know you're in each other's lives, but that's something that's not her business. Like what he uses for sex toys when she's not around is actually none of her business. Um, right. And she doesn't she doesn't get to have an opinion on that as long as he's not like victimizing somebody. And he's not like we can make fun of him for it. But at the end of the day, we don't get to tell him not to use it. Yeah, it is odd that he just wants a torso. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever even seen that before. I don't. Yeah, I've never seen anything quite like that. I've seen like. You know, bigger ones, more realistic, life-size, maybe not a full torso, but like a butt. Somewhat proportional parts. Yes, like that's there. And I guess you could – but I don't think I've ever seen – or not that I spend all that much time trolling around for torsos I can put my dick in. Um, So I wouldn't – maybe there's a whole world of them that I wouldn't know about because I never thought to look for that. But it's just – it's just so much happens and – all right, so – and it's definitely not something that she needed to share with her friend on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with that too, right? I don't – I, and it's kind of sketchy the way he's, you know – I don't know how bad he's eavesdropping on the conversation versus how just like loud she was being on the phone in a tiny apartment, right? Yeah. But yeah, definitely like it's one thing to have a conversation with him about it. It's another thing to just be like, oh, my boyfriend has this gross sex doll and it's like – no, she doesn't need to hear that. That's not your information to share. 
there are moments when I have so much hope for Deontay, right? I know. I know. It's like he gets so close. He has these glimmers of like, yes, these are the things you should be saying to her. And then it's like he just walks it back two seconds later and you're just like, no. Right, because gotta- she's just she just is, I don't know what it is about her or the way she talks, but as soon as she says, like, whenever he says something that's honestly true and we're like yes that is exactly the right thing she's like i i can't believe you would say that i can't this is just not uh, it is, it's terrible that you would even, and then he's like oh, all right, all right, all right backs off right yeah. and it's just like he she just gets all defensive about it and he gives in immediately yeah yeah it's like grow or strengthen your backbone grow backbone yeah grow uh, a backbone yeah yeah that's it so yeah see, i think i missed the cheese because what i noticed at their dinner was that um, they were clearly using somebody's champagne glasses from their wedding. Yes, I noticed that too. I was like, what? Whose champagne is this? I thought it was like, did they, did they get them custom made? Yeah, yeah I, I just, noticed that yeah, too. I just assumed they went to, he went to a wedding at some point because it had like the intertwined hearts and clearly had like yes. a name written underneath it. Yeah, I was like, definitely. man, go to Ikea and get just get some plain champagne glasses for once. All right. Okay, so we did not hear from uh, Doug or Rachel this week, and we were talking about how that's interesting because, you know, we ended on kind of a drama-filled wonder what's happening next with them, with right. their family drama. And I'm afraid I'm afraid we're going to get one of those situations that we get every once in a while where we have this big drama, and then they cut back to them, and they're like, that was a month ago, and since then, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I wanted to hear the fallout. yeah. Yeah, but oh, we're in August now, and so they've uh, made some more uh, announcements about uh, life after lockup. So it's starting on the 27th, and we see that there's more of these, this cast in there. I think we saw Deontay and Nicole, so I guess, spoiler alert, they're pretending to maintain some kind of relationship. Or maybe it's like Sean and Destiny, right? Sean and Destiny are not together, but they're still being featured in life yeah, they were not together the whole life. And they're in this one too, right? Yes, they're but in this separate. one, it looks like. It's like single life type stuff, right? Right, right. So maybe that's going to be their situation with Deontay and Nicole, but we've at least seen Deontay yeah. in I the think, life yeah. after lockup. I think he I think, I think, I think he blew this situation here because he like, it com- we, it, we'll see the in the preview, he kind of confronted her before she got in the car. So I think he's yeah. going to be like, he was just dropping off my glasses. I wasn't getting right. in the car. Yeah, sure. Dropping, <laughs> yes. The drop off for something. Yeah. He should have like waited for her to get in the car possibly and then done his little like, as you know, followed them or something. If you're going to go in, go all the way, right? Totally. <laughs> all right. Um. So who was your student of the week? Oh, that was a tough one. And it's mainly because I didn't want to double up on a story because I had my yes. dunce picked out early. Um, <laughs> so I'll say Ray. I'll say Ray just because he, yeah. seemed, he seemed okay, respectful. You know, he was, you know, get with Brittany, hugged his grandma, was trying to be respectful for Brittany's, you know, body and her house yes. and things like that. Uh, so, so far, so good. But usually we see, usually it is a so far, so good when people first get out. Yeah, I know, right? Then we see what trash monsters they can become later. Exactly. Yeah, so my student of the week was Lisa. Um, I thought, you know, the whole time I was like, yes, get it, girl, get it, you know? Because it's just like, just as much as we want Deontay to be there and say, like, the right thing so bad, it's like... Mm-hmm. Lisa, she does it. You know, all right. the things that Stan needs to hear. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's making its way through because Stan gonna is – It's not going to get through. He's, right. Yeah. He's bullheaded. But, you know, she she's saying the things and yeah. So I, the, only thing, the only thing that really hit me on Lisa was the fact that she is trying to drive on an expired license. Like, uh, yeah. like that's yeah, not a good so. choice. <laughs> that's a, that, that part's a bad choice. Yeah, that's true. But I mean – yeah, I mean, he's promised her these things, so yeah, yeah. Call him out on it if he's, and especially because, like, at the very end, how she was like, "Well, ladies, there's another millionaire on the market." It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't, uh, you know, market yourself as the millionaire sugar daddy and then like be all stingy when it comes down yeah. to actually forking money over. Yeah, so. Right, right. Well, okay, I'll give you because even when he was, I'll get you a car. It was like a five thousand dollar car. That is not a yeah. sugar daddy car. No, especially post-pandemic times. That is a used Sentra. Yeah, like. <laughs> no, even the used cars. Like, oh, you know, no, yeah, you keep yeah. on hearing random stories about used cars being in such high demand that it's like 
cars yeah. any used or new are just ridiculously expensive. They can't make new cars because of the chips, and that makes the used car prices go really high. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about uh, your dunce? My dunce was Nicole. Like mm. at this point, it's almost like she's trying to. She's engaged in this, and I've I've been guilty of this when I was like in school and stuff, where you kind of are doing good enough and you're getting what you want, and so you're like, I'm gonna put a little less effort in and see if I can still get that get what I, get that grade, and you get it, and you're like, I'll put a little less effort, and so like so I feel like she's just putting less and less effort into her scamming. Like she didn't even walk in the house and walk out the back door to get with her to meet her guy. All right. She's like, no, I don't come to the port. I don't come to the house. I'm gonna wait right here. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna call my around. ex. Just don't listen. <laughs> Like, barely even trying anymore. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, so my dunce, I said Josh, even though he wasn't in it. But for all the things Courtney said, it's kind of like, oof. You know, we had such high hopes for you, Josh. Yeah. And you're not following through. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. My life lesson is that when a cop lets you go with a warning, it could be the result of like a literal thousand things, right? Oh, sure. It could be, he didn't feel like doing paperwork. Like in this case, it was there was nobody around, whatever, right? He, he decided already it wasn't that big of a deal, right? And you should chalk it up to pretty much either luck or in the case of Stan here, possibly bias that, oh, you get to go with a warning, right? Yeah. But it's definitely not something that you get to claim you earned afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you got pulled over and he could have written you a ticket. It's not like, well, I, he didn't write me a ticket because of my spotless record. And it was like, well, yeah, your spotless record is spotless because people keep letting you go with a warning. I know. <laughs> it oh, wouldn't be spot. It shouldn't be spotless. So, but that just seems to me Stan's kind of MO on everything. He's a very entitled person who just believes he's yeah. earned everything that's ever happened to him. Like, yep. Definitely. My life lessons also inspired by Stan, and I kind of had alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, if you're hell-bent on getting your way, you should probably be explicit about what that is instead of talking in circles or in code, because then people can appropriately react to your demands. Yeah, it's just that he doesn't – I don't know if he doesn't realize what his demands really are. Mm -hmm. Or if he just – if he does that, well, now it is prostitution because I'm asking you to – I'm just explicitly only asking you for sex, you know? like, yeah. And if it's just for him to make himself look better or feel better or if he's just like – is just so dense that he isn't even realizing that that's what he's asking for. He just is like, oh, uh, this would be better at my place and then maybe I'll touch you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Stan seems like a just the tip kind of guy, you know, like, <laughs> so I feel like that's what he's really kind of banking on here. Yep, totally, totally. All right. Uh, so, yep, that pretty much covers uh, things for this week. Uh, next week, I will be away again. So we'll plan on having it the same time. I think it'll work out okay. I think it should work out this time because la last week it was hard because we were both away and so there were like two moving parts. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, I just thought of it. Maybe we'll be early next week because we can record this before I leave for my vacation because I leave on Sunday. So Truth. maybe we'll be out early this next week. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Until then. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.